I wasn't going to sacrifice the same things because when I look back on my life there prior to that point, I would go, you know, I'm too busy. I'm working. Right? I'm working. I was up early, up, and I found myself doing it all the time. And I've got six kids, five of my own, one that we foster. And uh, and I remember thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm just always busy. I'm always working. Yeah. And I, thought, well, why am I doing this? Welcome to Push To Be More with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. Now this is a show that talks about the stuff that makes life work. And to help us do just that today, I am chatting with Neil Moorcraft about where he has had to push through, what he does to recharge his batteries, as well as, well, you know, what he's doing to be more. Now the show notes and transcript from our conversation are gonna be available on the website pushtobemore.com. Also on the website, you can sign up for our newsletter if you have yet to do so. And each week we will email you the links along with the notes from the show, direct to your inbox automatically. It's, it's totally free, it's amazing. So make sure you sign up. Now this episode is brought to you by Orion Media, which helps entrepreneurs and business leaders set up and run their own successful podcast. Neil, you know what? I have found running my own podcast to be insanely rewarding. It opens doors to amazing people like nothing else I have seen. I've built networks, I've made friends, I've had a platform to champion my customers, made my team and my suppliers fall in love with me in all kinds of different ways. And I think just about any entrepreneur or business leader should have a podcast because it has such a huge impact on my own business. Now, of course, that all sounds great in theory, but in reality, there's the whole problem of setup, distribution, getting the tech right, knowing what the right podcast strategy is. I mean, am I even a podcaster? They're all great questions. Now, you see, I love to talk to people. I genuinely do, but I'm not a big fan of all that production and all that tech stuff so the team makes the magic happen the Orion Media team they take it all off my plate I get to do what I'm good at and they brilliantly take care of the rest so if you're wondering if podcasting is a good marketing strategy for your business do connect with them at orionmedia.com that's a-u-r-i-o-n media.com and of course they will be linked on the pushtobemore.com website as well so that's our show sponsor Let's meet today's guest, Neil Moorcraft, a high energy technology entrepreneur and performance marketeer who has been transforming businesses for over 25 years. He's the owner and operator of Digital Directive, a full service digital agency and technical consultancy that serves high, high growth businesses worldwide. Now he has experienced it all, raising, founding, exiting, dissolving, liquidating over seven companies, dealing with personal struggles and even declaring bankruptcy in 2015. But he has bounced back from it all and developed a methodical and straightforward approach to the whole work-life balance question that you can adopt. So Neil's a strategic thinker who brings a big picture perspective to every challenge and he empowers people to reach their highest potential. In other words, he is gonna be an awesome guest. No pressure, but Neil, welcome to the show, man. Great to have you, how are you doing? Hi, Matt, yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, it was a great introduction, thank you for that. I sound great. <laughs> See if we can make it so you like live up to the hype. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant, well, it's great to have a fellow Brit on the podcast. Where about us in the, in the world are you? I'm in between uh, Wimbledon and Kingston. So I'm in a place called Worcester Park. I don't say Worcester Park because no one really knows where that is, but everyone knows where Kingston is and everyone knows where Wimbledon is. <laughs> and I'm in the middle. <laughs> but does that mean you get cheap tickets to the tennis every year? Uh, and sadly not, no. In fact, I think I've never been to Wimbledon, funny enough. It is literally just around the corner, but never been. So oh, not well. a big sport man, really. More golf, if anything. Okay. Well, yeah, there's, there's not a golf course at Wimbledon. I, I know that much. No. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you, we're reading in, in your introduction now. You've, you know, you've, you've, you've done a few things so far uh, in yeah. life now. Yeah. And one of the things that we do um, on this show, uh, and I'm changing the order of questions around slightly just to see see what happens. Um, yeah. But one of the questions I like to ask people to because the show is sponsored by Orient Media, right? Which is this podcast agency helps businesses have podcasts we mentioned just a few seconds ago 
if you had a podcast, right, and you could interview anybody right. on that podcast, um, past or present, and that's had a big impact on your life, whether a family member, someone you know, whether someone you don't know, a podcaster, uh, an author, a TV personality, I don't know. Who would be who would be top of your list to have as a guest? Yeah, good why? question. I think immediately, as I said to you before, this guy, the, the author of this book here, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, has probably had the yeah. biggest impact on me. And, you know, I discovered him, I don't know, 20 years ago maybe or something, um, and I've read that book many times. And, yeah, I, I think that he's clearly had, um, you know, a really interesting journey having interviewed some of the world greats. So I think I'd love to get him around the table. I don't know if I'd specifically want to ask him anything. I just want to chat with the guy, you know. But um, yeah, yeah. He's, pick his brains. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So for sure. Yeah. So what is it about Napoleon Hill then that um, – or, or what is it about that book that's drawn you back time and time again? Because it, it, you don't read a book more than once unless something about it sort of captures you. And I'm, I'm curious to know what that yeah. is for you. I, I think I just, it really resonated with me when I first picked it up. I, I think like a lot of people, you think it's about wealth, right? The, the title thing can grow rich and you instantly think money. Oh, I did. Um, but of course it doesn't really start with that. And as you go through it, I just think it's got some really good foundations for life. And, you know, I found myself, um, I guess, enjoying degrees of success quite early on in life and, and mm. then getting asked the question, what do I want? And that was from a venture capitalist at a time when my second business was doing, in my eyes, pretty well. And, uh, and I didn't know the answer to the question. And not only did it bug me, it really stuck with me and, and, and it really changed the course of my life because I realized mm. that I didn't know what I wanted. Mm -hmm. um, I knew what I didn't want, and as I analysed that, I started to look around thinking, hang on a minute, this is this wasn't really the plan. And I realised I hadn't really thought too much about my life at that point. I'd just been going at it full, um, you know, hammer and tongs. And, um, yeah, as I picked that book up and, and, it, and I started reading about it and it started to, to break it down into compartments for me, I started to realise that there were all these other elements to my life that were really important that I'd neglected. Um, so I think it kind of just made me a better person. It certainly made me be more aware. Mm. And, uh, yeah, and I still, I've listened to, I think, all of his old recordings. I think, I think oh, wow. they're just today as they are, or they were back then. And, um, yeah, as I say, it's been a foundation for me. And, and, I, and I've taken bits of that and I've, I've incorporated that into what I refer to as my power of six, which is this sort of strategy that has helped me uh, uh, create this life-work balance, as I call it. I put life first because I think that's more important than work. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah, that, that was it, really, as I say. And, and, and every time I pick the book up and I read it or I read any material that's related to it, I always get something new from it. You know, I never stop learning from it. Yeah. And that's one thing I've, I've taken from that book is that I never want to stop learning, you know. I always yeah. want to keep going. It's a really interesting thing, isn't it, that you've got these, I call them the old school books. So you've got Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. The other ones that I that sort of come to my mind, you've got probably anything written by Zig Ziglar, but the most famous one that springs to my mind is Reaching the Top. You've got How to Make Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Yeah, another another really interesting, that was really impactful for me as well as a salesman. I, I think my manager gave that to me some 30 years ago. Yeah. And when I book up and i realized that, that again really made a difference with uh, with how i looked at things you know yeah i i totally get it i, I think there's these sort of old school books and they're the kind of books i give to my kids and say these are books you have to read um, yeah because i, mean, I, I've I been think they're going to be helpful my son, uh since he was 18 and i don't think he's read it yet <laughs> <laughs> another edition and i see it just used as a you know as a stop or a, an ornament somewhere and you know you can take mm. all sorts of thing, you know, but uh, one day I'm sure I hope he'll read yeah, it. Sit again. down and read it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, really fascinating. I'd, and like you, I'd love to, I'd, I'd love, I mean, obviously it's not going to happen, but I, I would love to have had the opportunity to, to, to sit down with Napoleon Hill yeah. and, and to chat with him, Dale Carnegie, Zig Ziglar, all these old school guys. I would just, you know, what made them tick would, would be some, uh, some great questions. So, Listen, Neil, I, I, we read at the start. I mean, let's let's jump into this because we, I read in the bio, you know, in, was it 2015, you, you went bankrupt. Um, I did, yeah. Well, yeah. what was that like? Um, it was tough, but it was, it was self-declaration. It wasn't that anybody took me bankrupt. In fact, you know, years previous to that, I should have gone bankrupt. You know, as I came out of what was my second business, we were part of the dot-com boom, and then all of a sudden we were part of the dot-com bust. 
And uh, and I, there was a stigma attached to it. I, you know, I owed a lot of money. You know, the company failed. I was in a good couple of hundred grand's worth of personal debt. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't want to go bankrupt. You know, I'd, I'd earned money. I'd always knew how to earn money. So I thought, well, I'll just earn the money, pay it back, and it'll all be good. Um, but it wasn't, you know. It, it took me years going through an IVA to pay back that money. Um, it, my credit had suffered. Mentally, I was just in a bad place. I just couldn't seem to get out of the rut. And when I came to the end of that IVA and I found myself, you know, clear of the debt, but in a position where I just kind of felt like I was just getting straight back into the same paradigm that got me there in the first place. Yeah. Um, I realized that, yeah, something had to change. And it was actually at the time when I, um, I reached out to Bob Proctor. He became my first mentor and I paid him some money to do what I thought was business coaching at the time. Um, I think it was about the time that The Secret came out, the film The Secret. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I found this guy online. I thought, you know what, he knows what he's talking about. And I did my research. So I, I spent some money and invested with him. And he gave me a couple of exercises, which really got me thinking. And then I realized at that time, I was back in a business that I didn't want to be in. I've been dragged in by some people in the industry that said, oh, look, come and come and get involved in this mm-hmm. and do this. I was really unhappy. <laughs> and again, it was one of these things I thought well, I knew what I didn't want. I didn't really know what I did want. And um, and I thought something's got to change. And uh, so I thought, well, if I start from zero, got nothing to lose kind of thing. So dare I say I planned it. You know, I thought about it for a while. I, I got over the stigma of it because I realized that, well, you know, if you try and fail, it's better to do that than never to try sort of thing. And, yeah, and in yeah. fact, know a lot of money i was just on the amount of money which was 20 grand believe it or not where where if i'd let, owed less than that i couldn't have gone bankrupt anyway i'd better to pay it back but i paid back and i thought yeah you know what i, I there's something inside me that said i need a fresh start and it i, I kind of was prepared for it but actually when i stood in court uh and they said you know where do you live and at that point i was kind of a no fixed abode Mm-hmm. Um, it really did hit home. Um, but it was the day after I asked my fiance to, to marry me. I thought, well, at this point, if she says yes, that's got to be love, right? Because I've got <laughs> nothing. Um, and she did. And, uh, and, and yeah, I kind of made some um, commitments to myself that not only was I never going to get in that position financially again, that I was going to mm-hmm. really take control of uh understanding my wealth and not just being able to to earn money but also to retain it and to grow my wealth and really just become a lot more uh financially educated than i was previously Mm. but also that i wasn't going to sacrifice the same things because when i look back on my life there prior to that point i would go you know i'm too busy i'm working right i'm working i was up early up and i found myself doing it all the time and i've got six kids five of my own one that we foster and uh, and I remember thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm just always busy. I'm always working. Yeah. And I thought, well, why am I doing this? And of course, what I wanted and, and what my ex-wife wanted at the time were kind of the same things, but we were on very different pages. I felt I needed to provide. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. Yeah. And I realized that this was all to the detriment of the other things that were actually just as important, if not more important in my life. So I really took a step back and thought, right, hang on a minute. What are these things that are really important in my life? And let me create this balance because yeah never am i coming back in this court saying that's happened mm. that's not ever going to happen again um and also that it wasn't really that important you know but when you really boil it down as i did uh, and i came up with these six categories which is mind uh, body personal lifestyle business money and um, these six categories money is at the end for a reason because when i thought about what was really important my, my mindset was probably the most important thing right i needed to be mm. a sound mind i actually pictured yeah. myself um, you know, w- with a, a goal, which was a million pounds. Well, I want to be a millionaire. Um, but I just pictured myself in a room full of money. That's it. No, nobody with me, uh, no windows, just a white room. And, and I very quickly realized that that was a really silly goal to have. So mm-hmm. as I started to unpick that and I thought, well, hang on a minute, what do I really want? I realized that I really wanted to be a sound mind first. Yeah. And then I wanted to be a sound mind and body. And then I wanted to have people around me to share whatever it was that I had, you know, whatever mm-hmm. experiences. Then I wanted maybe a slightly better room. So the lifestyle came into it. Um, and then it was about professional contribution, uh, giving back, and then money came last. So I thought, well, if I tick, if I work consciously on all those other things first, yeah. um, if the money doesn't come, so what? 
you know, yeah. so I can still be happy and content with little. Um, and, and I live by that now. And actually, that's exactly what happened. You know, it's, you know, as I worked through that, I realized that a lot of the things that I wanted that really made mm. me happy, like spending time with the kids, phoning my mum on her birthday and just being present and taking mm. care of myself and, you know, being um, mindful. I, I tried meditating in the morning. I tried meditating in the evening. That didn't work for me. So I ended up just being mindful all the time. Um, I just became a lot happier. I became a lot more content. Yeah. Um, as I said, you know, I'd lost everything. So I thought, well, you know, what I've got is mine and you can't take that away from me. And a lot of it was, was so much to do with just the way that I perceived things and how I reacted to things. Um, and it made me a lot calmer. Um, I eradicated the word worry uh, from my from my dictionary. I don't worry about anything. Right. I'm aware of these challenges as they come up. And of course, things don't always go to plan. But I don't worry about them. I don't allow myself to worry about them because that just creates a negative environment, which I don't want. Um, and as a result of that, I just found myself being a lot calmer. And, you know, I remind myself that I'm too blessed to be stressed. <laughs> um, even though, of course, um, I like everybody, especially when you're running a business or you're, you're juggling um, what we do now in life and work, um, it's very easy to get sucked into that and feel stressed. And mm. um, th this system that I create, if you like, reminds me that, you know what, there's other things that are just as important, if not more so. And mm. by departmentalizing it like that and categorizing it, it really allows me to, to focus on what I'm doing. Mm. I became a lot more... Um, efficient and productive so when i was working i was really structured at it i was really focused at it and i was working for two or three hour blocks at a time two or three times a week a, a day sorry so that would get my eight to nine hours a day in but i'll be doing that a little bit in the morning having a break going to the gym coming back seeing the kids um and it felt a bit anal at first because you know i created six calendars and six folders and six reminders and six goals and six everything everything had wow. to fit in the box um mm. But once I got used to it, it became a really easy way of, of just living. And as mm. I say now, um, I don't really get too stressed about anything. I don't worry too much about anything. I've really had some challenges since. I mean, even as yeah. I was going through my bankruptcy and, uh, and we, we, we built the house that I'm, that I'm currently sitting in, um, which I was doing in my fiance's name because I couldn't get a mobile phone on contract, let alone a, a development finance. <laughs> Um, you know, we had we had a lot of challenges and, uh, you know, mm. we nearly lost it. But I think just having that approach, that slightly different mindset to it just kind of got me through it. So I'm being nibbled by a tortoise. We've got a house tortoise. <laughs> <laughs> I realised he's, uh, he's under my feet. Um, yeah, so it just, it, just uh, it worked for me, you know. And as I say, mm. anybody that I've spoken to uh, since uh, tends to have a bit of a takeaway from it. They, they like the way I say. Some people find it's a little bit too much. Now the dog is barking at the tours, by the way. <laughs> um, You've got a real zoo going on there. Yeah, well, that's what comes when you have all these kids, you see. So you know, dogs and guinea pigs and, you know, fish mm. or fish didn't last very long but uh, the tortoise i think will outlive me i think it'll live yeah, probably probably yeah. well listen Neil, there's i mean uh, there's so many questions i have for you at the moment and um, before we get into uh, i think you called it the power of six um yeah. the six categories i want to talk about those because obviously they've had a big impact for you yeah um but your i just want to circle back a little bit um have you found it uh, fostering a child because there's not many people I mean I, I I mean there's a great guy here in Liverpool a guy called Phil Watson who who's a real fostering champion actually and he um, he spends he fosters kids and he 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 in effect um, works for the city council helping people foster kids really great guy really inspiring guy so I'm curious how have you found being a foster dad alongside yeah. And I don't know when the the the, the child arrived in the pro. Was this pre bankruptcy? Yeah, was this pre bankruptcy? It's actually my my nephew. So it's my fiance's sister's boy. Um, she's got some mental health problems. She's she's bipolar, and her partner um, died. So that uh, Leo's dad died when he was quite young. Um, he's got ADHD and opposition defiance disorder, and some other bits and bobs. He came to us when he was uh, 10, 11, so a few years wow. ago. Just just as we hit COVID, <laughs> which wow. was a real tricky one. So we'd just finished building the house. We'd just got stable. Turns out that he'd been taken away by social services and put up in a, in a care home in Leeds. 
And uh, we just, no one else was stepping in. And, you know, my partner and I sort of discussed it. And we said, look, well, his family, we'll, we're in a position, let, let's just take him on, you know. It has been very, very difficult, you know, mainly because he's not had the love and affection that my kids have had growing up. So he's been very defiant um, and, and he's been quite violent. And we've had the police out lots of times and wow. it's been a real challenge. Um, but we're getting there, you know, right now, actually, he's away on respite. He's um, we, we had an incident, shall we say, uh, a few months ago where the police and the, the social services were here. And the problem we've got with him at the moment is he's not taking any medication. And when he gets to a certain age, as he is now, if he doesn't want to take the medication, you can't force it down him. Yeah. And right, so. um, but because of that, he finds it hard to regulate his emotions. And, and as a result, he can get quite, um, quite violent quite quickly, particularly if he doesn't get his own way. So to be fair, it's probably been one of the toughest things I've ever done, you know, and, wow. and I'm not sure um, that I would foster again or anybody else, but equally, I wouldn't rule it out. It's, it's been mm. quite rewarding. Um, and I hope that uh, someday, you know, we, we manage to make a difference. But it's it's not not been easy because, um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's had a big impact on on the other kids. I mean, three of mine are from my first marriage. Uh, one of them doesn't live with me. So my eldest daughter is now 29. But my eldest son, who's 24, my eldest daughter is 21. They live here, as do my other two boys, who are 10 and uh, 6. And then seeing him being violent, which then it's very hard not to get angry. I, I, yeah. I get, angry, get angry that I get angry that I'm really genuinely quite calm as a result. But when you, when you, someone's constantly pushing your buttons and then that's in your life, you don't want it there. It's been a real challenge, but equally I, I saw it as, um, as an opportunity for me, you know, because yeah. I knew that, you know, fighting fire with fire wasn't going to work. And I had to, I had to understand what was going on with him a bit more mentally um, in order to um, to be able to communicate and really make a difference. So, you know, selfishly almost, I, I took him on thinking, well, this is going to do me good regardless, right? So yeah. if I do good with him as well. But, um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a real tricky one. Um, but we're persevering. And as I say, as he's mm. getting older now and he's starting to figure out what he wants, uh, that becomes a bit easier. But he's been out of school pretty much since, we've, since he's been here. I mean, he's been expelled for three or four schools that we wow. put him in. <laughs> Um, he's not in school at the moment, and that of course then wow. makes it even more difficult. So, um, yeah, tricky. Yeah, it like. sounds it, but I mean, you know, well done on on doing that because I think that's a that's a really hard life choice, isn't it? But it's, I think it's it's one of those things, and, and I know with Phil, the stories you hear, some of them like yours, you know, you, you, you there are challenges on the way, but what it does for those kids is unbelievable. You know, and, yeah, and this is yeah, and you step in uh, is, is insanely brilliant. Yeah, I, I think it, I, I kind of felt that it, it was going to be a little bit easier because you think, well, yeah, he hit the room and a bit of Wi Fi and the love and affection that he needs and all that, and, and it, it's all going to be great, but it's not because no. there's a much, much deeper um level of something going on there, you know, in as much as that for the first six months he would sleep on the floor. Sometimes he'd sleep in the bathroom. You know, we bought him a bed. He had his own bedroom. We gave up one of the rooms to the, the kids that the two younger boys shared. Um, but he would sleep on the floor. He'd be up all night, you know, a bit of a night. And, and, and we realized that there was just, yeah, something missing, as I say, that he hadn't had this yeah. um, of an affection early on. And you've got to rebuild that. And we were totally aware that of course once they get past a certain age, some of these neural pathways already formed and you can't mm. undo it you kind of got to build on top of it. So it became, yeah, a, a real challenge, but one that's worth it for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Well, well that's awesome. And it, it's, um, it's an incredible thing, I think, fostering. And so um, the fact you guys are doing it uh, in spite of it all, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. So let's um, let's hit this six, the the power six. So just run through those again, Neil. What, what yeah. the, the ones you mentioned? Mind, body, personal lifestyle. Business money. Business money. Hey. Yeah, yeah. So mind, as I say, is at the top of the list mainly because I, I, I say I picture myself in this room and I thought, well, if I'm not of sound mind, nothing else matters, right? If I've mm. got Alzheimer's or something, if I'm not of sound mind, nothing else matters. Um, and I say for, for a time, I, I, I thought about that as, you know, spiritual connection or oneness or whatever. And, and I think it is, but it, it came to be this it's always present. It's not like there's a little segment of my day where I'm mindful. It's like I'm mindful all the time. It's just this mm. one little category that reminds me to be 
open and honest and aware and conscientious and kind and all those sorts of things that you'd want to be as a human being, right? So that was that, that the sort of first thing, actually fairly easy box to tick. The, the second box, as I say, which was the body, um, was really about personal health and fitness. Um, and I definitely had been neglecting that, you know, I mean, I was overweight. In fact, I, I did have an obesity warning. My, I was about 16 and a bit stone, maybe oh, wow. 12 and stone now. Um, you know, my cholesterol. Sorry, Neil, just um, for the for the sake of our international listeners, you might want to explain what 16 stone actually means. For oh, okay. outside so the British in border. kilos, I was about 98, maybe. 98 okay. kilos. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm now 80 kilos. So, you know, if, if we work, I don't do kilos. I'm a stone guy. Um, but yeah, I'm overweight, right? I mean, yeah. I was, you know, 36 inch waist or 38 inch waist, you know, you know, big beer belly, just not really very healthy. Um, and I kind of kidded myself that I was all right with it. But, I, you know, there, there came a point when we'd gone out on holiday. And, you know, you have that big shirt that you wear that's kind of, you know, the one that you wear when you're feeling a bit fat. Well, that didn't fit me anymore, you know. And oh, I was wow. like, okay. yeah. And, and, you know, the missus was like, you, you need to lose some weight. So I was like, mm. yeah, okay, I do. Um, but actually, when I took my health seriously and I started training regularly, I realized that I'd just been making excuses all these years, right? So, I mean, I yeah. go to the gym four times a week now, possibly five if I can get it in. I don't train at the weekends, but I go for an hour a day. So, you know, if you divide the hour a day into all the hours there are on a week, it's like a few percent of the week, mm, you know what I mean? Mm, really, mm. not a lot of excuse. The only thing that was getting in the way is, oh, I'm too busy. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Yeah. But again, I, by prioritizing these things on the same level and saying this is just as important as a meeting or just as important as seeing the kids or whatever it might be, and you, and you start to schedule it in, they're, they're actually really easy to slot into the into your diary so I, I tend to book those sessions in advance and then i work my week around that i normally i'm an early riser and i normally make myself available as i did this morning i was on a call at seven o'clock this morning i've got a client in australia so i make myself available early in the morning i don't mind working up until sort of seven eight o'clock at night but i don't work the 12 hours in the middle i'll yeah. work for bits in the middle and then when yeah. the kids come i'll see the kids etc so the body bit was actually pretty easy once I committed to it, and even more so now because I'm getting married in a few months or remarried in a few months, and I'm going for my wedding bod. So I'm really conscious now of my calories and my pros and all sorts of The things. wedding bod, I like that. I like that phrase. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's, yeah, I, I don't intend doing it again, that's for sure. So I want to look good and feel good on the day. And it's more about feeling good. For, for a time, I was really conscious about my weight. I thought, you know, mm. I've got to get from 16 stone to 15 stone to 40. And I thought, you know what? I don't actually care how much I weigh. It's more about how I feel when I look in the mirror because yeah. I was absolutely guilty of telling myself some, some bad things, probably things I wouldn't even say to my best mate, you know, yeah. oh my God, right in front, you know. And, and that self um, uh, talk, it just isn't good. So, yeah, that actually was relatively easy in as much as I, I kind of stopped drinking most of the time. I still do have a drink, but I cut out most of the alcohol. Yeah. No big deal. Um, eating healthy, going to the gym a few times a week. That just made such a difference in the amount of energy that I've got. I genuinely feel like I've got as much energy now as I did when I was in my 20s. And and I remember my 20s at good times. So I was going for it. It was all good. And, and for a long time, through my 30s and 40s, that just gone. I don't know where it'd gone, but it's definitely back. And, uh, you know, I'm 53 in three weeks' time or something, and I genuinely feel like I'm, you know, in my 20s. So the, the body box was a, a relatively quite easy. The personal bit, again, relatively simple in terms of, well, what do I want out of love and relationships? Well, you know, I want to love and I want to be loved. Um, and that means maybe just being a little bit more connected to the people around me and just making the time to listen to these people, to talk to these people. You know, my brother's in Thailand, my parents are in Spain. Um, you know, just picking the phone up now and again and, and mm. making a point now that when it's someone's birthday, I don't message them on Facebook. I pick the phone up and wish them happy birthday. And yeah. it's surprising that sometimes I'm like the only person that's wished them happy birthday to pick the phone up, right? Um, but of course, that's easy. We just forget that, well, actually, it's just as easy to pick the phone up and have a conversation with somebody as it is to yeah, write birthday mate on facebook or, or worse even like someone else's birthday wish on facebook so <laughs> yeah, that personal box, yeah th so that equally became relatively easy and and the point i'm making here is that as i started to think about what i wanted in life right so what are my goals within these categories 
they were instantly achievable. There wasn't something I had to wait a year for. Or yeah. whatever. It was like instantly felt better because I was doing it straight away. And that then sort of has this compound effect where all of a sudden you just feel like you, you know, the things are going in the right way. And I think, you know, the law of attraction, the more you do, the more you get and all that kind of stuff. So it really did make a difference. The lifestyle box was a, was a tricky one because I do, I, I'm very happy with my lifestyle, but I want a better lifestyle, right? I don't want a okay. boat and a, and a yacht, um, but I like things, right? And, and I've been guilty, I guess, in the past of probably spending money that I don't have. That's probably a, a true, true to say, uh, maybe may a weakness. Um, but I like experience, right? So it's not mm. about being ostentatious or flash. It's like, well, if I go out, I want to go out and not worry about the fact that it's cost me X amount of money. I don't want to think about the monetary side of it if, if I'm going on holiday or whatever. Mm. Um, but um, it, it taught me to cut my cloth and, and be grateful for what I've got. Because as I say, at the point where I, when I went bankrupt, I had absolutely nothing. Yeah. And I was absolutely grateful for a warm shower and a roof over my head, even though it wasn't my roof and my shower, you know what I mean? Um, so that really grounded me. And, and mm. as I say, moving forward, I just became a lot more appreciative of the things that um that do surround you in, in life so but i do have aspirations to to have a forever home that's on my goal uh, on my yeah. on my list you know um but that's something that i work towards and uh, and it's not the be all and end all i don't doubt in fact that it will come uh, maybe i should be a little bit more definitive with the timeline i'm probably not that bothered about it truth be told it's one of these things a bit well yeah be nice actually but the house we live in is perfectly had a good and fine and i'm happy so you know maybe there's a part of me that doesn't really want that and, and that's absolutely yeah. a reason to get it by the way um when it came to business which was i say coming down to the, the crux of it that was really about professional contribution i didn't want to i didn't want to do something that would make me unhappy i certainly didn't want to work for money so i stopped working for money altogether and i started to think well hang on a minute what what really satisfies me what what gives me fulfillment in what i do mm. and i've always done the same thing there or thereabouts right for the last 20 or 30 years i've been in the same sort of business but there has been time when i've been doing it for the wrong reasons and ultimately, though, they failed because that's not the right thing to do, right? If you go into it for the wrong reason, the universe is going to interfere at some point and say, no, no, that's not how it works. Um, so I started becoming a lot more conscious of actually what really um, got me out of bed in the morning, what did enthuse me, and and started to just realign my business with more of that. So I just felt good about it. You know, so I started, you know, stuff that I've been charging for, I started giving away um, almost to a point where it was, I was doing too much of it. I was giving too much away because I had this bad association with money. I definitely had a bad relationship mm. that because I'd experienced success and then lost it, um, I had this kind of notion that it was the root of all evil, you know, and there was a part of me that didn't want that again because I associated it with with the failure that, I, that came yeah. with it. But I got over that, um, and I certainly don't have a bad relationship with it now. But from a business perspective, that actually made it really easy for me to come up with my value proposition, as it were, you know, helping people get started in business and then showing them how to use the tech to build a bit, a, bit, uh, a better business online. And then everything I did and everything I do fits into that box or don't do it. And it made it really easy for me to turn down things because, say, previous to this, when I had an opportunity and said, oh, you know, come and get involved in this. Well, I knew I could do it. But I didn't really want to do it. There was a carrot of money or equity, whatever it might be. So I felt I found myself getting lured into that. Whereas now, just having that different attitude towards it allows me to say, no, that, that doesn't fit with what I want and what I'm about. So therefore, the answer is no. I can help you in, in another way, maybe, but that's I'm not going to give my time to that because that's not in line with what I'm all about. So it actually made it really easy for me to differentiate. And I've definitely been going wrong over yeah. the years there. Um, and then the money box, as I say, you know, I, I, I'm a believer that ultimately these things do slot into place. Um, and I definitely had some luck along the way in the money box, having gone bankrupt. Um, one of which is I, I found half a million quid in a pension that I'd forgotten all about. And I, I had no <laughs> idea. Yeah, and I'm being, I'm being honest. Well, I mean, I'm sitting in my garden and I'd got onto one of these pension apps, Pension B it was, a few years ago. I'd come out of my bankruptcy. I'd been... Uh, discharge and I thought well I knew I had a pension 
years ago and I knew I had another pension and another one. And I just, well, I'll just amalgamate them and see what I've got. And there was 20 grand here and 30 grand. Here. I thought well, that's about right. Um, and then all of a sudden I got a, a mouse and oh, because your value is more than I was reading. And it was like 538,000 pounds in a pension that I forgot about. I'm like, well, I'll take that luck. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, I love that. Uh, yeah. And, and, it, and, and when I think back, it was, you know, it was at a time when I was, um, young and, and successful, I guess, in sales, working in corporate land. But I remember someone saying to me at the time, you know, you, you're earning a fair bit of money. You should put some money into these voluntary contributions, right? Because putting yeah. into your pension. I thought, okay, you know, there were months I was earning 20 grand, 30 grand a month. You know, this is 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. I didn't have anything to do with it. So I was like, well, okay, yeah, if you tell me that's a good thing to do, I'll do it. I didn't really pay much attention to it because I didn't miss it, right? It was coming out of yeah. source. I forgot about it. Well, I did that for seven years. And of course, that seven years ultimately stacked up into this half a million quid, which I totally forgot about, which I then found, which I was like, okay, I'll take that, you know, because that absolutely, he helped me get to that net goal um, yeah. of me my my net worth back again albeit not in the way that i thought right um and i started to realize at that point that i didn't really need to know how i was going to achieve what i wanted to achieve it was more about why i wanted to achieve it and i had to let go of that how because for years i've been thinking right i'm going to do it like this you know i'd write it down a bit of paper and of course that didn't happen and then i get despondent and then i'll try some more and i get more despondent and i started to realize that well maybe that's not the way right maybe that's not the way i meant to do it so letting go of that how to do it um, was a big lesson for me. But as I let go of that, again, things just got easier because it's like, mm. well, I know what I want. I know why I want it. I know when I want it. And I'm just going to put faith over into the the universe or the ether or call it what you like, that ultimately things will pan out and know why I want to do it and that and have that real emotional attachment as to why mm. do I want it, mm. right? Um, uh, safe in the knowledge that ultimately it, it will figure itself out. And so far things absolutely have started to, to do that more and more and more uh, and i'm absolutely believer in that so uh yeah and then and to say part of that was really understanding that yeah earning money i realized i never made money you know there's plenty of money there's an abundance of money i never made any of it i earned it um and ultimately that i earned more by serving more people so i, I switched selling into serving so instead of trying to sell to someone i would serve that person um, and the more I served, the more I would earn, you know, mm. um, and then just became a lot more educated as to why right, now I've got a bit of money and I'm absolutely not going to lose it again. How do I protect that money? Yeah. <laughs> you know, how do I, how do I set up these vehicles? And my pension was another good, really art, good eye opener as to, well, that was actually pretty easy. I didn't need to yeah. enter the vehicle. I just needed to put the money into the pot and forget about it. And of course there are lots of those investment vehicles out there, whether that's pensions or bonds or, um, you know, property or whatever it is, right? But you don't need to to know about them. You just have to have that disposable income and say, well, I've got a bit of money there. I'm going to put it in that pot, right? Yeah. Um, and and I'm starting to do more and more of that. And and that's still a massive part of where I'm at because when I look at it, I actually think well, it's probably easier for me to make the money that I'm making, enjoying what I'm doing, and then have that money make more money. Than it is for me to go and create a company and exit uh, x amount of millions because i actually don't want a company again right i yeah. mean i've got this the only people i employ in my business are my kids so two of my kids are in, in that business i think the third one's just about to come in um, and outside of that they're, they're freelancers in the gig economy yeah. and i don't have an office i don't want an office i don't want lots of people i don't want to i'm not a coder i'm not going to create the next bit of yeah. uh, you know, whiz bang software. Um, so that fits in nicely with what I'm doing and I'm content with that, you know, and happy with that. And it works and, uh, well. It's all good. Yeah. yeah. That's really fascinating. And I, I'm listening to you Neil, with, with avid interest talking about, you know, these sort of these six areas, which is, this has obviously come out of your personal experience. These are obviously very yeah. real for you. This is not just something you read on a fridge magnet somewhere, right? No, totally. And, and um, yeah, it, it, it's obviously very, very personal uh, yeah. and the, obviously the dog's getting involved um, yeah. and at the start you said you know you're asking someone asked you the question what do you want and you, yeah you didn't know how to answer that you knew what yeah. you didn't want yeah it was easy it's funny how that's easier to verbalize isn't it i know what it i is. don't want but yeah. i'm not quite sure what it is what I, I do want yeah um and then you said uh that you know you want later on you said that you wanted to love and to be loved love. So it yeah. sounds like there's this 
the sort of real journey then that you've gone on through the bankruptcy, um, through all these things happening, which have... Sorry. Which have... No, no worries. <laughs> Hello. So I, I mean, do not disturb. It's just my, it's my fiance is on my VIP list as are the oh. kids. You uh, know, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what? So, my, uh, my wife's on mine as well. So if she rang, my phone would ring, even though it's do not disturb. Yeah, uh, and that's a good sign, Neil. That's a very good sign yeah. that uh, that she's yeah. on that list. But it sounds like one hell of a journey, man. I, I think is 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 uh, is what I was going to say there. Yeah, it has. And, and I, you know what? I wouldn't change it. I mean, I re I feel like I've lived at least a couple of lives, you know what I mean? So I mm. got married. I met my, my first wife when I was very young. You know, she was 16. I was 17. You know, we fell in love. Yeah, we had a few kids. We lasted 15, 16 years. Um, and I thought that was it. And then and then I got asked this question, you know, what do I want? And I didn't know, but I realized that actually the things around me are, are, is not what I wanted. Um, and it changed the entire course of my life and as much as i realized i'd fallen out of love with my wife and um I, I owed it to her to tell her that and i told her that and it didn't go down very well and we split up and, mm. and then i lost my business and dare i say it on uh, on camera she became an alcoholic and and didn't last very long and died you know several mm. years later and that was pretty tough right so i'm yeah. thinking oh that's not the plan at all right mm. uh, and i massive amount of guilt but of course that was her journey this was my journey would i do it any different well of course i wouldn't i'd still want us to be on the planet but i wouldn't change mm. anything is that it was it was real and it was true and mm. and that was it so but when i look back yeah i wasn't a very nice person in that marriage you know i, I there was a point where i was you know cheating on my wife and you know i i, I was enjoying the success and i was a young guy and it, i just wasn't very nice if i'd seen mm. me today i I wouldn't have given me the time of day but it was going through that and i do believe that as as people we go through these phases it, it's yeah. not necessarily an age thing it's just a a thing right we just mature we go through it mm. so i don't judge anybody by that but i remember thinking i don't i don't want this life you know it was, it was horrible mm. from the outside in people say oh you know you're great you've got a company and driving a nice car and you've got a bit of money no it was horrible it, it was horrible mm horrible um so yeah facing up to that and and then really digging deep say well how can i become a better person for it um was the bit you know it was a journey that just had to go on because the alternative was all of the stuff that i didn't want right so i've, yeah. I've already i've got this life that i don't want unless i make a change i'm going to carry on with the same thing right yeah, so yeah. It, and i didn't really I, I kind of thought it'd be a lot easier i thought in my head well i've got this this and this ticked i'll I'll do this and I'll go over here and it'll all be great. And it wasn't. And it took me years, years of like horrible slog and hard work, just going around mm. and so trying to figure it out. But what I did figure out after about four or five years is that I would fail quicker and I'd get over it quicker. So, you know, when my second or third business started and failed, it took me a year or something to go, oh my God, poor boohoo, poor me, you know, all this work, all this effort. Mm. And then, and then I got over it and then the next one and then, you know, failure again. And then, and now, you know, now, oh, sorry, listeners. Um, now, and then it got to a point where I just recognized that that was just temporary setback and it wasn't yeah. a bad thing. It needed to learn from it. Um, sorry, he's barking at the tortoise because the tortoise is under there. It might be. Um, so yeah, say so it, it just, it, it taught me a lot, you know, and, mm. uh, and it's change any of that and but it but it did take a while it took a lot longer than i thought yeah. um, and real soul searching i mean there were times when i was sat in my basement just crying basically yeah. thinking oh god how has my life come to this right so oh, yeah. not that long ago i had all of this and it was great and you know this one little thing wasn't quite right but because i wanted it all i felt you know i deserved it and i think we do all deserve whatever we want and I do think you can have it all. I know there's some people say you can't, but I, I do think we can have it all as long as you know what that is. Um, mm. that's, and that's basically what it boils down to. And that's a really tough question. And I, and this is what I've been saying to my kids for years. And I'll keep saying to them, figure that out, figure out what you really want to do. And then everything else will slide into place. Cause if you don't, no one's going to come along and figure it out for you. Yeah. And it doesn't get easier with age. Right. So no. you're 20 now, <laughs> that's very true. Me, when you're 25, you, if you still don't know the answer, it, it's going to get harder because we create these paradigms that then subconsciously say, well, I can't leave my job because I've got to pay my rent or yeah. I can't do that. You can. And I've done that many a time gone. No, I've just, that's it. It's not what I want. I'm, I don't care what the consequences are. 
I've got to be brave enough to have the courage of my conviction and go through with it, even though everyone around me is going, what are you doing? Neil, hello. Yeah. No, no, don't do that. You know, go and go and get a job. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't, it's not in me. I've got to, I've got to be true to myself, right? If I've got to, mm. got to at least be honest with that. So there, that was the toughest part, but that's been the most rewarding part of it. Yeah. So as I've come out of that, and, and I am now, I feel really lucky uh, and blessed generally mm. to, to have the lifestyle that I've got and the, the, the kids and the family and, and be able to sort of pick my own hours and work with the people that I want to work with and, mm. and feel really fulfilled in what I do and not really ever thinking about retiring. It's not like I think, well, you know, I mean, I could draw my pension in a couple of years, right? <laughs> um, but I don't want to. I, don't, I want to carry on giving back mm. and, and mm. That's, uh, that's exciting for me. So, yeah, it's been a worthwhile journey. Um, yeah, it sounds like it, man. It sounds like an epic. And it's interesting how you use phrases like uh, you had to be honest with yourself, you know, and and, yeah. um, and I, I find in life that you, 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 there is a journey. There are ups and there are downs. And the people that are brutally honest with themselves tend to be the ones that come out stronger and better. Um, yeah. And it, yeah. It, 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 I don't know. It's just one of those. I'm not a psychologist now. I don't claim yeah, to be. I, but I, it's, I would um, agree. I, I think fear holds a lot of people back. You know, when I talk to people about, because I do work with different people in different stages, right? I like to help anybody that wants to help themselves, right? So if they're a business owner, they're already doing well and they want to do better. And I can show them how to do that through technology, which is pretty much what I do as a consultant. Then, of course, I want to help them. But I get a lot of people say, well, I'm kind of thinking about starting my own thing. And I say, well, why? And they go, well, I hate my job. I'm like, well, there's a reason right there, right? So mm-hmm. if you hate your job, right, that should be enough. And they go, well, I, yeah, yeah. I can't I can't do this because of that. And I'm like, yeah. well, you can't, but you've got to have the courage to do it. And they say, well, no, no, yeah. I can't. Because right? if I leave my job, I can't pay my rent. Well, I, I know, I've been there. You can pay your rent, you'll pay it in another way. And unless you open the door to that new opportunity, then maybe that new opportunity is never going to present itself. So yeah. if the choices are yours. You either say, well, I'm too scared and I'm going to stick with the, you know, the, the lifestyle that I've got, even though I hate it, or I'm going to be bold enough and brave enough to do it. And of course, some people do it and then they, they fail quickly and then they go, oh, you know, what well, isn't for me? And that's fine. If, if, if you're comfortable with, whatever you whatever lifestyle you've mm. created and that's you that's totally fine i'm not suggesting that being an entrepreneur or being entrepreneurial is for everybody it's not some people like the mm. the the secret i say the comfort factor it really isn't a comfort factor um but they like that sense of security right and it's the world we live mm. in so if that's right for you great but if you've got something in you that says you know what i just want to be more i want to do more then absolutely go and do it there's that's yeah, simple yeah. as that planning yep. stop to get on That's with right. it you know and the responsibility and, is on you to do that uh like yeah. you say not on the white knight listen uh neil let's um i'm aware of time it is rapidly cre- yeah. uh, creeping up on us so yeah. i do want to do the question box which is you know my state-of-the-art graphics here the the question box so um you're going to say stop as i flip through these questions and we're just going to pick out a random question yeah. i'm curious right there okay 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 have you and your partner or friends ever argued about taste taste a taste as in like taste of um you know like tasting things or taste as in food taste tasting things i'm guessing i'm 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 assuming tasting things now it's not it's not a totally it's not the best question but it's an interesting question um no I, i don't think we've argued about it i mean we we are we are we have different tastes for sure um but but i'm i'm quite open to different things in as much as i like lots of different genre of music right? yeah. i don't hate any particular music just because it's not the type of music that someone else mm. likes um and i accept that of course we live in a world with lots of people's opinions and and what makes us different is the fact that we are all different right um so no i don't think we've argued about it we talk about it a lot and i like to get my little influence in but she absolutely gets her influence in and i think the balance <laughs> is, is harmony but don't you find that's the, that's the harmony that's a great word that's the beauty of relationships isn't it because my wife and i have very different taste uh, yeah. on, a, on a whole raft of things um but the beauty for me in marriage we've been married 25 years this year and part of the beauty in that is actually coming together and finding out what works for both right and sure. sometimes that's a quick pro- uh, quick thing sometimes it takes a few years uh, yeah <laughs> but you you know i i like you i don't know if we've ever argued about taste um 
I think that there are things that I've definitely not done or we've not done because we've not found agreement in taste is probably a good way. Yeah, and I think that's probably right because I think, you know, it is a partnership, right? You are in it together. And, yeah, you know, if we both like the same things, I guess it would be pretty boring anyway. But, um, yeah, like you say, I I think, you know, thrashing that because sometimes she will absolutely convince me, I guess, maybe, that I like something where I thought, no, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Even as I look at the kitchen – this is not the kitchen that I would chose, but I, I love it. Um, yeah. And she was absolutely adamant, this is the kitchen we were going to have. So there was never going to be another well, yeah, kitchen. Fair play. Yeah, I, 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 I felt <laughs> like, like I couldn't yeah, get involved in that one, but yeah. <laughs> good example, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, excellent. Yeah. Listen, Neil, the conversation has been awesome, man. I've got lots of yeah. notes. I loved your your six categories there and um, lots, lots to take away, lots to think about. And if people want to reach out to you, if people want to connect with you, what is the best way to do that, sir? So, I mean, thankfully, I'm the only Neil Moorcraft in the world that I know of. So if you Google Neil Moorcraft, <laughs> you're going to find the first page of me. Um, there are, and, But you have to spell my name right. So I'm M-O-R-E-C-R-A-F-T. If you Google me, you'll find me. Um, I'm, I'm quite active on LinkedIn. So that's the easiest thing to do. Reach out to me on mm. LinkedIn. Of course, you can go to neilmoorcraft.com. And there are a number of different ways there that you can engage with me, whether that's, you know, someone starting in business with a growing business, et cetera. I've got different ways of dealing with different people. But, uh, yeah, either direct to my website. There's a little quiz there you can take, which will tell you whether or not I'm a good fit for whatever it is you're doing. And uh, if not, you can reach, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Fantastic. Listen, Neil, it's been an absolute treat, man. Really appreciate you coming onto really the show. Uh, thank you so much uh, for, for yeah. all that you've sort of shared. It's been brilliant. And, of course... We will link to Neil's info in the show notes as well. So if you're signed up to the newsletter or if you're on the website, you will find all of those links in today's show notes. So a big thanks again to Neil. What a great conversation. Uh, I really enjoyed that. I genuinely did. Got lots of notes. Uh, And also a big shout out to today's show sponsor, Orion Media. If you're wondering if podcasting is a good marketing strategy for your business, do connect with them at orionmedia.com. That's A-U-R-I-O-N media.com. And of course, you'll find the link on the pushtobemore.com website as well. Now be sure to follow the Push To Be More podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, because we've got yet more great conversations lined up just like today's and I don't want you to miss any of them and in case no one has told you yet today you are awesome yes you are created awesome it's just a burden you have to bear Neil has to bear it I have to bear it you've got to bear it as well now push to be more is produced by Orion Media you can find our entire archive of episodes on your favorite podcast app the team that makes this show possible is Sadaf Bainon Estella Robin and Tanya Hutzelak our theme music was written by Josh Edmondson and as I mentioned if you would like to read the transcript or show notes head on over to our website push to be more.com and of course sign up to the newsletter if you haven't done so already now that's it from me that's it from neil thank you so much for joining us have a fantastic week wherever you are yeah absolutely we'll see you next time bye for now